You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so let's do a little bit of Kyle from Madison, Wisconsin. By the way, I hate when people say it like that, Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Scani, Wisconsin, not Wisconsin. Put the emphasis on a freaking C. Ryan, Kyle from Madison, what's up? So, my man, it feels like forever since I've been able to call you after a victory, huh? What is? It? I mean, feels good. Like September, right? Jeez. Well, there it is, though. And I don't know that this is a thing. It's only like been a little bit since the game ended. I'm just not even going to go on social media, but. I really don't want to hear. I know there's going to be a group of people that are like the yeah, but crowd. Yeah. Oh, you weren't. Yeah, but dude, I don't care. Just shut up. Yeah, but Stafford didn't play. Yeah, but I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Every team has problems. You take the field, you either win or lose with who you got out there. Yeah. And it's like I said, look, there's never going to be a perfect situation. I mean, the fact of the matter is there is a good chance that we won this game and it's going to do nothing more than hurt our draft status. It's also true that we maybe would have lost if Stafford played. I, I still think the team played well enough that they probably could have won that game, would have won that game. All of these things are true. All I'm trying to tell you to do is allow yourself to be happy, right? It, you're never going to get the perfect scenario. We're not going to win the Super Bowl. We're not going to get the number one overall pick. I'm sorry to tell you. It's going to be somewhere in between. But in the meantime... Because the, the, the future's been determined. We just don't know what it is yet, right? Something's going to happen. We don't know what it is. In the meantime, there are going to be small victories. Allow yourself to be happy about those, and then we'll reassess. And that's kind of what I've been saying. Like, Steelers, all right, boom, we're going to smoke the Steelers. going to be great, all that stuff. If we win, we continue on. If we lose, we reassess. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with being, quote-unquote, realistic or noticing certain things. But there's no reason to be overly negative, especially when you're going to like attack people who are trying to be happy and just celebrate the small victories. Just leave them alone. Just let them be happy. You don't have to yeah butt everybody to death. You know, I mean, it's nobody's. It's not an IQ test, dude. All right, saying yeah but doesn't you know get everybody super impressed with the uh, massive intelligence quotient, whatever that means. God knows the Packers have had that's been what's been facing us this year. So I don't, you know, if this game like screws up your narrative or you want them to lose out so that you can blame, not you, but just in general, if, if that's somebody's thing, they want them to lose out so they can rail on love and goody or whatever it is. Like just, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't need the yeah, but like, yeah, it wasn't a perfect game. I thought, but look, you know, to me, this was love's second good game. I know you disagree. I'd say this was his second good game, but probably his most efficient game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets a couple more catches last week. I don't know that it's all that different, how it would have played out. But 
That's all right. Here it was today. Um, I thought, you know, other than the, I don't even know about the freaking <laughs> the Runyon penalties. I mean, man, it was looking like the same old show. But uh, they did some things, and I'd like there's, there's some stuff to, to complain about. But like, I'm just gonna kind of enjoy the positives. That play to score the Musgrave touchdown was a freaking thing of beauty. That was awesome. It's kind of what I've been waiting for. You know, he was able to, LaFleur was able to lay off the tendencies and then kind of like double reverse psychology them. Right. And give Love credit, man. I mean, you go back and watch that. I mean, he's got to have his back to Aaron Donald, I believe it is. There's like two totally unblocked Rams who, I mean, I'm sure they're playing the run, but, you know, he's got to turn to the right, then come to the left. And then face forward, he's got two unblocked Rams coming at him. It's a totally like blind face kind of play. But man, that was that was a great execution. And they finally like freaking executed on a couple of these. Um, receivers made some really nice catches today. There were some really nice throws too. I mean, uh, I thought you know it wasn't totally perfect. Everybody kind of made a little bit of mistakes, but at a less less of a level. Um, I'm gonna call back here one sec. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all that. Um, just forgot what the heck I was going to say. I had a thing, and I was going to cut you off, and I'm like, he's almost done. Let me let him finish, and then I forgot. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is why I've been saying, as far as like what I would prefer from Matt LaFleur on the play calling, You know, some people are like, dial it back a little bit. They're not able to do it. I don't want to. I want Matt LaFleur to just keep digging in his bag, keep creating, keep stealing from other people, just keep doing whatever it is to maximize what your scheme is. And, and the reason I say that is, well, number one, that. When we saw it executed, same with, same with uh, Jaden Reed, I think it was, on that reverse where he got 21 yards. Everybody's pissed. Why are you doing that? They suck. Da, da, da. Keep doing it. Why? Because it, when it hits, it's a great thing. And the bottom line is, I don't want the system to be nothing. This is what we do. This is what we run. Get up to speed. Keep your foot on the gas and let the guys learn and grow the hard way. Just trial by fire. You know what? We're going to run this reverse every single game. And for seven straight games, we got blown up in the backfield because of this missed block or that missed block or this. Or did, 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 did. It's not a scheme thing. This is a basic play that every team runs, especially in this Shanahan team, especially Matt LaFleur. He loves that stuff. But it has to be executed, and it hasn't been. And yeah, you could dial it all back and and see if that maybe helps. I don't necessarily think it will because it's it's such stupid stuff that they're messing up, like a drop. You can't simplify that so that they don't drop it. You know, the errant passes and all that stuff. I don't think simplifying, unless simplifying just means short passes, but everybody freaking hates that. So just keep digging deep into the bag. Keep throwing the Dentavian Wicks reverses and everything. Like, I, I freaking love it. I love that this is our offense. It's not being executed. It's not going great, but I want this to be our offense, and I want Matt LaFleur to be the guy, and I want, like, this scheme and this... Like, he's trying to be Miami. I'm seeing a ton of people saying, like, oh, he's borrowing from Miami. He's doing this. We're doing that. I love it. I freaking love it. Let's be Miami. Well, we don't have the quarter... Well, just let him get there. Just keep pushing. Well, we don't have... uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, let Christian be that guy. He's got to get there. He's got to learn. He's got to do it. Everybody's just got to get up to speed. Well, they can't do it. Well, maybe next week they'll do it. Just keep pushing. And again, we'll we'll see what we have by the end of the year, or at least we'll have a better idea of who can do it, who can't, 
who's progressing. But at the end of the year, I don't want to think this scheme is garbage, which I know a lot of people think. But again, I, I think it's just a lack of execution. And if you stick with it, and and I, I just think if Matt LaFleur can continue to prove he is a very creative, very intelligent, very innovative play caller that has the ability to find people open. And of course, they're going to walk, go back and review this. As long as he's that guy, I'm excited. I don't know what to do about an unmotivated locker room. Maybe Matt's not that guy. Figure somebody out. Figure something out. Rich Passaccia needs to step it up or something. I don't I don't know. Go find a free agent that can help the locker room. But when I see stuff like that, and, and there's been more of that this year than I think I've ever seen in my life from a Green Bay Packers team, the creativity that the, I mean, I think the NFL is kind of going in that direction. I've seen so many of those like reverse, double reverse passes, this, that, or the other. That's just taking the NFL by storm, but the Green Bay Packers are right there on the forefront, despite the fact that they're super young and they don't know what they're doing and they're messing everything up. But I don't care because that's the offense we run. And if you can't do it, we'll find somebody who will. But I want to be that offense. So I'm excited. Keep doing it. And if they suck, well, whatever. Find somebody else, I guess. But it was a great step forward this week. Glad to see that uh, we continue to push and the execution got better. And fingers crossed against a very competent defense, we'll be able to do it again this week. Hey, Kyle from Madison again. Hey, real so, quick, I forgot to say. Uh, hey, Myers, he even got a call out from the broadcast team um, after a couple of nice plays, but I thought he did actually. <laughs> word is spread, <laughs> even to the broadcast. You know, they do like those uh, pregame interviews or whatever with the coaching staff. Wouldn't be surprised if they're like, look, if you wouldn't mind, like, if you see Josh Myers doing something, just like call him out because he's, he's been really good and, and the fan base is really hates him so it'd be great if you could just like highlight when he does stuff a couple really nice plays in the running game um when they were running that inside game with jones earlier in the game and i thought he was getting he was, he was getting to the next level and he, he actually looked pretty good in the run game early on i'd be interested to see what his his grade is and then um gotta mention wooden and brooks i thought i mean especially brooks brooks had a great game but wooden was in wooden had some plays today too so, uh, very excited about those two rookies. I thought they did some really nice things today. Um, and actually, all the all the D line getting their hands up, getting that ball batted down. I saw Smith had one of those today again too. So, just wanted to uh, not forget to mention that. All right, buddy. Yeah, and I I keep forgetting which one is which. And it, like every time somebody does good and I'm like, yeah, one of those guys was good. One of them has a really high grade. One of them has a really low grade. They never have a good game at the same time. But yeah, it was Colby Wooden who had the second highest grade behind only Carrington Valentine, which is freaking ridiculous. Uh, Wooden is the fourth round pick. He certainly has had a much better year than um, Brooks has had. I'm not upset with Brooks at all. Uh, he is a sixth-round pick. He's kind of learning to play sort of a new position. It's a tough position, um, but, you know, it's it's there. And he's he's working, he's developing. The run defense is pretty poor, but, you know, he's got 11 pressures and two sacks on 130 attempts, so he's just, just barely below the 10% mark. But um, he's had two pressures in this week and last week, so two weeks in a row he's he's doubling up on pressures. Yeah, Colby Wooden has been sort of the standout. He has nine pressures on 74 attempts. No sacks, but he is certainly the better pass rusher right now. Uh, his run defense grade is a 62, which is actually quite solid. The last two weeks have been really impressive. Week 8 against Minnesota was a 75.5. Week 9, it was a 78.6. Um, the tackling is a low point, but really it was 
mostly really early on in the season he was struggling. It's currently a 28 grade, but he just had three games with missed tackles, so it's kind of weighing him down. And his pass rush grade is a 64, which doesn't sound great, but you got to remember, first of all, rookies, if you can get to a 70, that's incredible. And there are some guys that are better than that, but like a really good rookie season is like 69, 70-ish grade. So for him to be sitting at a 66 as a fourth round pick, which I shouldn't be surprised, the Packers, as bad as they are in the third, they are unbelievable in the fourth. I don't understand it. Ted Thompson was good in the fourth. Brian Gutekunst seems like he's even better in the fourth. I think Ted Thompson's like key was second round and then, you know, like undrafted free agents. He was a stud in some mid round or whatever, but Brian Gutekunst is his name. I, I just, I, the fourth round is unbelievable. Not to get ahead of myself, but yeah, the, the last, let's look at it. Since week four, what is his grade? It's kind of funny. I just looked at week four defensive players um, and their grades and whatnot to kind of see where he's at. And I just went to look at rookies. Since week four, Carrington Valentine is the third highest graded rookie with an 85 PFF grade. Colby Wooden is the fourth highest graded rookie with an 84.3 PFF grade. This is since week four, so it's, you know, we're cherry picking, but it's still, you know, we're just eliminating the first three weeks. Get it out of your system. He has an 84 overall grade, an 85 run defense grade, and he has two pressures on just 11 attempts. Lucas Van Ness is ranked 13th with a 72 PFF grade, a 70.2 run defense grade, two pressures on 22 attempts, which is right about what you would expect. And then after that, you have uh, tied with Jack Campbell, the first round pick out of Detroit, is Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety, with a 65 PFF grade, 70.5 coverage grade. In fact, if we look at that, he is the 12th highest uh, coverage grade. Carrington Valentine is number one with an 84 coverage grade. So we almost have two top 10 in the coverage grades as far as rookies are concerned. If you look at run defense, Colby Wooden is the third highest. Uh, Carrington Valentine is ninth. And if you look at pass rush, Lucas Van Ness is 11th. Carl Brooks is 12th. So, I mean, it, the, the rookie class has come through the last few weeks, big time. Carl Brooks is kind of the odd man out right now. He's kind of down a little bit lower, but uh, whatever. I'm not I'm not super worried about it. I like Carl Brooks. He's a talented guy. He'll figure something out. He'll get his niche going, but um, yeah, really, really happy and impressed with the uh, the rookie class. Now you, now you got me going. That's just the defense. I want to look at the offense here. Probably not going to be as good. <laughs> Second highest receiving grade of, of all rookies. Ben Sims, Green Bay. Dontavian Wicks among wide receivers is our highest graded receiver. He is 12th, uh, 64.1 grade, just behind uh, behind Jackson Smith and Jigba, 64.3. Jaden Reed is smack in the middle. Malik Heath is the lowest. That freaking, <laughs> that guy. Second highest graded rookie running back, Emmanuel Wilson, behind only Keaton Mitchell in Baltimore, Emmanuel Wilson has a 90.6 PFF grade since week four with a 90.6 rushing grade. He has 62 yards on six attempts, which is 10.3 yards per attempt. Um, He has 2.67 yards after contact per attempt, one missed tackle force. I'm going way off on a tangent here. I'm just really curious about this stuff. Sorry about that. And again, this is still week four. I just, I'm just kind of ripping through this. I'm forgetting who our rookies even are here. (laughs) who Who are we missing here? Tucker Craft is the sixth highest graded pass blocker in this rookie class, including all the offensive linemen and everything else. 
actually the highest graded tight end as far as pass blocking is concerned. So he is uh, just above Darnell Washington. That's actually really impressive. I mean, they mostly do run blocking and not pass blocking, but I'm just saying. It's a good thing. Anyways, sorry, let's uh, let's get Chris from Alabama. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? It's Chris from Alabama. What's going on, man? Uh, if I sound kind of funny, man, I'm, I think I came down with a little cold. We've been having some crazy weather down here. One one day it'll be 35, 40 degrees, and the next day it'll be 75, 80 degrees, and I've just been flip-flopping out all kinds. Of- Chris, you got to call me next time it's 80 degrees, dude. I I don't know how long it takes to drive there, but I'll uh, I'll figure it. I'll, I'll make it work. I could probably get there in a day. Just gotta leave early, load up with energy drinks. I need that so bad in my life. Monday, I think it hits sixty, and that was like that. There's always that one day where it's like summer slash autumn, whatever, saying goodbye. You know, you get a little bit of snow. It's like freaking this sucks, and you start to get acclimated to the cold a little bit. It hits, you know. 25 30 degrees and then uh yeah you get 60 for one day and it's like man i gotta go i just gotta go outside and grill and just stare at my grill for the day but uh, i miss it already it hasn't even started yet and i miss i I miss the warmth (laughs) so anyways go ahead man that's a weather so uh if i sound crazy i apologize for that but uh let's see we got the wind today uh to be honest, man, I don't really know how to feel. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of glad that we came out and and responded, especially on the defensive side of the football. I think they played really well today. I mean, it was a couple of third and longs that were given up, but it wasn't nothing like last week. A yeah. uh, couple of turnovers, you know, all in all, young guys sometimes stepped up. Uh, Anthony Johnson was out there, stepped up. You know, uh, you know, guys kind of stepped up, kind of. I guess they responded. I know they were saying uh, a couple of guys were kind of, you know, kind of disgusted or whatever after they're hearing about the Rasul trade. So maybe that was a motivational tool for them to step up. Who knows? And it could have been that the Rams' offense couldn't do nothing because their quarterback was just. Very, very bad. Yeah, he's real bad. Uh, it, just, it really just was like a defensive, one of those defensive ball games for the most part. Uh, Jordan Love was, what, 20 for 26, 228, I believe, from around 76, 77 percent, police percentage. Whole lot better. It was a couple of throws that he probably would want back, you know, a couple of them that, uh, the underthrow to Christian Watson, uh, deep down the field. That would have definitely been a touchdown, but overall, man. He had a he had a decent day, decent decent a good day. You know, I mean, I, I'm not gonna just sit up here and rag on him when he do bad and don't. Yeah, and exactly. not the good things. He made some good throws. He made he made way more good throws than he's been making all all season. Uh, he looked at a whole lot better, especially in the second half. First half was kind of you know kind of clunky or whatever. But once again, in the second half, we kind of bounce back and put it together. It was just it just seemed like one of those games that was a ugly football game and, you know, you gotta win those. Oh, win is a win, but like I said, I don't know if I wanted to win or <laughs> if I wanted to lose and hope the Bears won or I'm kinda of conflicted on that. I mean I'm always happy for a win, but I don't know if it helps or hurts us at this point, but I'm about to run out of time, and I'm basically rambling, and I'm about to go put some more medication and go back to sleep. 
So go pad go and I'll talk to y'all later. Yeah, that about sums it up. I mean, it's I don't know exactly what I want, and I don't know how promising this win was because the Rams suck, but I'm going to give them credit for what they did, and that's about it. Just enjoy the win. Kudos to the defense. Kudos to Jordan Love. Kudos to everybody else. And um, we'll see how it goes next week. And I, you know, you mentioned too. It's like I, I I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and rag on him when he does bad and not compliment him when he does good. And I think that's important because there's like an impulse for everybody. I think um, I have to battle against it a lot. And I know this is why a lot of people end up in this whole team sport thing to not put yourself in a camp. Because it's not about a camp. When I'm, you know, defending Josh Myers or, um, you know, highlighting Jordan Love is doing really, really poorly, it's not because I'm anti Jordan Love or pro Josh Myers. It's my goal is to just say what I'm seeing. Here's what I saw, and that's it. And if I saw him be bad, I will say he's bad. And if I saw him be good, I'll say he's good. Right, that that little voice in the back of your head that's like people are gonna be like, oh yeah, ooh, now what, now what, hater, no, just don't worry about it, right? Because they're being stupid and they don't understand what's happening. This isn't about me saying he sucks, he's never gonna be good, you know, he's gonna be a bad performance, and then when he's good, it's like, ha ha, you were wrong. I wasn't wrong about anything. I stated everything that I saw, and I will continue to do so. And and again, I think that's exactly right when. When he does poorly, you say, man, that sucked. It's not good enough. When he does good, you get excited because we desperately need a quarterback. And that's a good sign, at least a step in the right direction for him to be that guy. And uh, you just praise him. I mean, not unfairly praise him. Again, I'm going to say there's a reason everybody that called before the first half is like, Jordan Love's not it. He's not the guy. There's a reason why at halftime I said, here we go again. Same freaking quarterback, same BS. And then in the second half, everything blew up. Like It's still not where it needs to be. But it was good enough, at least for the day. It was a big enough step, and there were good enough throws that you can just look at it, acknowledge that it still was, you know, there's still these issues here and here. But that aside, I'm happy with it. If you can do that again, you know, ideally you kind of fix some of the other stuff too, but let's just say do that again. Now we can start talking about consistency from game to game. We can talk about, you know, whatever. What does Jordan need? Because I'm still in the, this team needs a better quarterback phase. And I know probably most of the fan base doesn't agree with that. That's where I'm at. That's what I think is the biggest issue. But if Jordan is no longer the biggest issue and we still got drops or guys not getting open or guys not running the right route, you start looking at, okay, wide receiver. Or if pressures become a problem, okay, let's go get one of those tackles. Or maybe we should invest in a running back. You know, Aaron Jones is kind of slipping. Dylan ain't the guy. If we can get an electric running back and that, that, that. You know what I mean? We can start talking about how do we really build around Jordan. But Jordan's got to demonstrate that, no, what you saw, that's me. And that's what you're going to get. And we're going to go places. I just need some help. Like, all right, cool. I'm sure Gutekunst wants defense, but I, I'm, I'm officially in the, if Jordan's the guy, build around him phase for sure. So anyways, let's take our first break. Thank you uh, to everybody who's called in. Really do appreciate that. Again, it's 608 Just leave a message. Talk about what you want to talk about. Positive, negative, food, movies, marital advice. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. Kyle from Madison again, man. What's up? Yeah, I'm sorry to keep calling back, but I, I forgot to reply to your question to me from last week. And you had asked, you know, why, why are you optimistic about this team? And uh, last week, uh, certainly I liked some individual play. Um, Slayton, Reed, Brooks. Uh, there were some good performances last week, but more than that, it was the fact that they didn't give up, that they didn't yeah. just hang their heads and give up. Um, that is another thing that's that's really awesome about this team. And the fact that they're better in the second half really does speak to, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some things maybe differently that maybe I wasn't 100% getting right. It does seem odd to me to say on one hand that this team has no heart, has no passion, um, no inspiration, whatever. We need a new coach for this, that, or that. But also, they're a really good second half team that never quits, and they play their best ball when the chips are down and everything. You know what I mean? Like that's that says to me that maybe we're not quite assessing things correctly. I know they're not exactly doing the right things, and they're making a lot of mistakes. But does that mean they're not a highly motivated team? I don't think so. Not necessarily. It it might look that way because it's so clunky. But it again, it just it kind of doesn't really connect in my brain this team that just kind of comes out like, oh, I don't care, I'm not motivated, da, 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 da. And then on top of coming out already unmotivated, you get the crap beat out of you. Your your own fans are booing you, and then, like, you really pick it up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Especially on offense. Uh, you know, especially on game four of a four-game winning streak, uh, because in my mind and in my opinion, it's one of the first things you got to figure out as a young team is, like, just keep battling no matter what's happening and eventually you're going to be rewarded. And I just feel very strongly about that. And the fact that they were doing that, um, I thought they would be rewarded for eventually. And it was this week. And, you know, cause this game too, I mean, things did not go great for them. They might have been had a slight lead, but the Wicks play, you know, you come out at halftime, you get the fumble, I think there's two fumbles, right? Um, just things not going great. <laughs> <laughs> things not going great and they didn't give up again. They were finally rewarded. So I'm not saying that that, you know, now they're a championship team or something, but it's the first step. You learn how to continue battling and learn that that, that that effort will eventually be rewarded. And I think then 
you can start building towards the next thing and then the next thing. Um, so I just wanted to reply to you about that. Um, and yeah, and I, I am. I said last week, feels like crazy. How can you be proud of this team? Because they didn't give up, you know? I would have freaking, as a fan, like almost wanted to give up. <laughs> I was just going to say that. It's like, I did give up. I mean, how many people have called in and said, I, I turned the TV off or I wanted to turn the TV off or whatever the case was. Um, I haven't even been watching the games or whatever. Um, a lot of people have given up. I mean, the fans can't wait to start booing. They did it again this week. Like they, they were just, I've never seen a fan base so desperate to boo. Like, just please give me a reason to boo. The dumbest stuff for the, again, the second week in a row, like they just start booing things all the time. Like, why are you booing? Shut up. These guys are out there. This is their career on the line, their livelihood on the line, and they weren't giving up. And uh, they didn't again today, and they finally got the W for themselves and for the fans. And so, yeah, I'm optimistic that this can be something. Um, You know, what it will be, I don't know. But I think we should just be a little more patient and just kind of, you know, take it down a couple pegs and just kind of enjoy our young players and just um, definitely enjoy the win for the first time. And I, I thought... Was it 40 some days? I thought I'd heard that somewhere. 40 something days feels longer than that. So I, I don't know what to do with myself, but yeah. Nice to have that win. So hey, everybody out there, just enjoy it. Enjoy the week, right? Finally. Enjoy the week. Talk to you later. I'm uh, in the process right now of looking at. So I'm <laughs> just playing along with what some other people are uh, saying as far as what some of the issues are. And I think a lot of people lean more on the wide receivers not really being that guy that can kind of go up and get it and and just kind of be a ball hawk. And to be fair, I mean, that, that Gutekunst has got, gotten guys, it's not necessarily 50-50, but they, they have hands issues. Like every single guy that we've gotten, like Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, uh, I think Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs, they all had drop issues. But um, I'm kind of curious about the contested catch thing. And so I'm trying to find like who's like a first round guy that's a go up and get it guy. Just for fun. Um, and the highest, I kind of started from the top and went down until I saw a name that I recognize. And it's Odunze out of, out of Washington. 14 contested catch opportunities and he caught 10 of them. 71.4%. So, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe you just go up and get that. I mean, this is what uh, our GM likes to do anyways. But, you know, get a guy that's just a big, freaking monstrous ball hawk. I mean, I'm sure Odunze is not the guy everybody's thinking of for that job, but he's doing a good job at six foot three, 215 pounds. I'm just, the, the reason it came, my, my mind is just racing all over the place as you're saying stuff. But the, the reason I was kind of going there is I was thinking to myself, okay, let's, let's continue this thought, right? So we're, we're, the tank is off. We're not going to win too many games, but we're probably going to win some games if they can continue. So let's forget about the early guys. Middle of the, we're going middle of the first round-ish, maybe early, middle, whatever. Jordan is at least not going to be replaced. Whether he's the guy or not, we're not going in that direction right now. We do want to build around Jordan. What are we looking for? And so that was the first thing that came to my mind. The, the accuracy is not great. He throws a lot of 50-50 balls. Not necessarily like Rodgers used to do, where it's like, I trust my arm and I trust my receiver, but just he underthrows so many guys that, or it's so late that it just ends up being that. So just go get a guy that's like, you know what, wasn't great, but I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. 
Again, for me, I put that more on the quarterback. You shouldn't be expected to go get these 50-50 or 30-70 balls or whatever. But if that's what it is, just just wanted to take a peek. And again, now his career uh, contested catch rate is uh, 43.9%. So maybe it's a fluke. Maybe he just became a freaking dog. But he was 2 for 2 for week 1, 3 of 4 in week 3, 0 for 2 in week 5, 3 for 3 in week 7, one of two in week nine, and then one for one. He had three different games where 100% he caught the 50-50 balls. Something to keep an eye on. If you're looking for a college game to watch or whatever, Washington's got several players. I was thinking about that when we talked yesterday about good college games to watch that have contenders, and I brought up Florida State and Miami. But Washington kind of stood out. I think they're playing Utah, which there's nobody on Utah that's interesting, but there's like three guys in at Washington that are interesting, and Odunze would be one of them as sort of an early to mid-round potential option to help our offense kind of take that next step. Now, if you're going to do that, it's got to be a number one. I'm not super opposed to it. I like Dobb, but I don't think, you know, I mean, is his ceiling Devontae? If it's not, then we keep looking. I don't know. I don't think you really stop looking for wide receiver until you get your Devontae, your Justin Jefferson, whatever. I like Dobbs. I like Wicks. I don't think they're going to get there. Christian Watson's unbelievably talented but I don't see him necessarily in that role. I can see him as like an elite, deep threat type of guy. Now, he can maybe be a number, but it would just be fantastic to be able to pair a Devante with a true deep threat on the other side. So if Odunze is that guy, then I'm all for it. Tackle is great. The only problem is, number one, again, pressures are not an issue. So you're kind of going and, and saying we're going to make it even a little less pressure, find somebody better, which is fine. Tackle's important, but it's not going to improve the pressure rate by that much. The, the, the other issue, and again, the offensive line is incredibly important, but it's just it sucks because it's not going to make that big of an impact because he's just one-fifth of the offensive line, and the offensive line really is like a unit. But you got to start somewhere, so I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that. But I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud, man. I, my, my, you got my gears turning now because we're kind of in a, a different space. We've been looking at one thing in one direction for so long, and again, that's that's why I was saying I'm going to look at quarterbacks because when things change, I'm not going to be looking at quarterbacks anymore. So next week we might be back to quarterbacks. I don't know, but for this week it's like, all right, so we're not getting an early pick. We're probably not getting a late pick, so we're going to be somewhere in the middle. We're not getting rid of Jordan Love. We've done enough for the defense. What are we looking for on offense? Boom. There's my guy. I'm watching him this week. That's what I'm doing. Or maybe after I get done doing this, might be interesting to watch some Odunes. His grades, by the way, just since I'm off on a freaking crazy tangent here, promise I don't do drugs. Very consistently good. He's had two very good games. Week three, uh, let me slide this over, against Michigan State. He had an 89 grade against Cal in week four in 84 grade. But aside from that, it's been 72, 69, 61, 73, 70, 68, 70. So, I mean, it's like 70 every week. 72, which is like 70, 69 is 70. The only one that was lower than like an actual 70 was Arizona 61.3. He doesn't have a lot of elite games, but he's just good every single week. He cracked 100 yards uh, five weeks out of the nine. He has 989 yards and seven touchdowns, 17.7 yards per reception so far this season. I hope I don't watch him and just not like him as much as I'm talking. I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking. Let's uh, see what Randy wants to talk about. Hi, Ryan. It's Randy from Minnesota. What's going on? Uh, what a game. I had to take some time before I could call in. I hope 
everyone who's hating on Jordan Love right now can see that there is progression. There's progression with this team. Just got to clean up the silly mistakes. It was a good win. Sure, it was against a backup quarterback. But, hey, it's something to go with. It's something to build on. We all knew this was going to be a building year. Let's go with it. And for everyone who thinks good should go, I'm sorry. He's brought in these players, and I think they're doing a pretty good job. Oh, and maybe I'm a half-full kind of guy, I guess. Anyway, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing, and go Pack Go. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, it was fun. I was kind of thinking that, too. I didn't really make the comment, but as I was looking at our rookies and how well they're performing right now, it's like, man, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you're not allowed to dislike Gutekunst or whatever, but um, to see Carrington Valentine, who there's no reason he should be doing well, being one of the best corners, rookie corners in football, like the best rookie corner in football right now. Small sample size, but still, uh, the little bit that he's played has been fantastic. Then you have Anthony Johnson, who's massive. It's, it's, and that's the thing. We, we look at him and be like, well, yeah, that's he's, he's playing well. You don't understand. He's outperforming first-round picks, second-round picks, third-round picks, and, and, and he's basically an undrafted free agent. And, you know, you look at what we've got on the defensive line. You know, Wyatt took a step back this week, but he's been fantastic this year. This is his second year. It was a great pick. You got Brooks, who's really doing well as a fourth-round pick. I mean, it's hard to, like, cheer for Carrington Valentine and then say Gutekunst is an idiot. You know, even even the Razul thing, it's like, dude, we, we picked him up off the practice squad, rented him for a couple years. His play actually started to decline. The team didn't look good, so he flipped him for a third-round pick, which is incredible value for Razul Douglas, who hasn't done anything for the Bills yet. I mean, it was just one week, but wasn't a great performance by Razul. Um I mean, I'm, I'm, I am happy with the team. And, and again, this is the other reason it's good to win. As much as it's like, I'd love that early pick. It sucks when we just want to get rid of everybody. Like, Christian's not good enough. Jair's not good enough. Jordan's not good enough. Matt LaFleur's not good enough. Like, we have nothing. That first-round pick doesn't mean anything because he's the only guy that matters. Even if he's a hit, everybody else sucks. When we win, it's like, dude, Matt LaFleur looked good. Jordan looked good. Christian's the guy. That, 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 that. That's such a better situation to be in. It's a better situation to say man, we've got some great players. Then to say, we have nobody, but I'm excited for that one guy that's going to fix everything all by himself because everybody else sucks and we got to fire all the coaches and start over. I hate that. I want a first round, second, or, or number one, number two, number three pick so bad. So bad I want it. We should make a trade with somebody to get it. We should trade back and get an extra 2025 20, pick and hope that that team tanks so that we can get their number one overall pick. But it's not worth it. I mean, going down that path was so miserable. And we may be back there by next week. There's a good chance that we are. But it was so miserable when everybody hated everybody. That's not what we want. So I, as somebody who loves the draft and desperately wants some of these elite players, like really, really bad, I, I have not been that miserable as a Packer fan as I have been these last couple of weeks, just listening to everybody hate everybody. It's not fun, man. It's no good. And and it's, it's not even just because people say it and it's not fun for us to interact, which is very true. It's the fact that there's some truth behind it. And it's like, maybe we do need to get rid of everybody. Maybe the coaches do need to be fired. Maybe we don't have any receivers. Maybe Jordan's not the guy. Maybe we do need to overhaul the offensive line. Like, that sucks. Give me a good team and a mid-pick. Let's just 
Let's just do it. Just win. Just go freaking win the games. So much more fun. It'll make me sad. I'm going to watch those, you know, Marvin Harrison go bye-bye. Oh, no, come back. Joe Alt, no, come back to me. But you know what? We, we've been able to build a contender without ever having those top 10 picks. So whatever. That's, that's where I'm at right now. And again, we, we might be right back in tank mode after next week, and that's fine. If it is, then, then it is, and that's what we talk about. But I'm just, I'm loving this week so much more than the last few weeks. But why don't we take our final break? We'll come back and hear a little bit from our old buddy, Trucker Bob. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob. Hey, Trucker Bob. We won. I got to watch the game. That was exciting. 20 to 3. We still seem to continue. Number one problem, I think, of the Green Bay offense is offensive penalties. They did improve today. Today there was, uh, but it's still not good enough. Five of their first offensive series had penalties, and then they ran off five in a row without penalties. So those five series with penalties, they went punt, 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 missed field goal, fumble. However, on the seventh series, which Green Bay had no penalties, I know seven series, they had touchdown, fumble, field goal, punt, field goal, touchdown, and then they ran out the clock. The conclusion, and what I'd like to point out to all these people that are just down on love and down on Green Bay and just want to tear them apart. Conclusion, Green Bay's offense works when they don't commit offensive penalties. Problem is, young teams do that. The season so far, and I don't count in their half games, but this is what it looks like. 82 offensive drives, 40 drives have penalties for 48% of all drives. Only six resultant scores, which is 15% of the series when they have an offensive penalty, they score. On the 42 drives, they have no offensive penalties. They've upped it to 51.3%. 22 times Green Bay scores a TD or field goal. So 52.4% of their drives, Green Bay has no penalties. Conclusion I'd like to make is this. Green Bay scores and moves the ball downfield when they don't commit offensive penalties. As these young players learn the game and become a better disciplined unit, you will see this offense grow. They still are the best scoring offense in the NFL in the second half. And I wish people would understand, yeah, they actually are doing that good. They just too many penalties in the first half. Young teams do that. We said at the beginning of the year that we were going to struggle. Well, guess what? We are exactly what we said they would do. It is not the time to give up, throw them in the trash, and walk away. Yes, I'm a Packer backer, and I believe Jordan Love is a good quarterback if given time. Trucker Bob out. Well, I mean, you've definitely led the charge on the penalty thing, and I think you've done a great job of illustrating um, the impact of that. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I would fight you if you said that that was the biggest issue for the team. I think... Um, I don't know that it is, but I, I wouldn't be surprised even slightly if, if we had a way of kind of 
um, looking at and determining what the biggest issues are and found out that it was penalties, that wouldn't really surprise me. I, I do want to add, though, that it's not the only issue. It may be the biggest. It's definitely a big issue. But, you know, we can see a receiver get hit in the hands and drop a pass. We can see a running back fumble. We can see Jordan Love throw late and underthrow and overthrow. So I, I guess I would just add to it that there are a lot of issues. Penalties are maybe the biggest one, but it is still fair to critique all these other issues when we're watching them take place. In other words, it's not really a defense of other people because it's this. Like, well, this clearly demonstrates that this is the reason. Therefore, there's no reason to blame anybody else. It's like, well, no, because I watched it happen. But um, yes, penalties have been disastrous. I think, you know, if there's maybe one thing that you could flip a switch and say this wasn't a problem, um, which one would get you the most wins? Penalties might very well be that thing. But you're right. That is that has got to be cleaned up. And this team is not going to improve until the penalties get better. And the penalties did get a little better this week, and the offense did get better. Um, you know, you got the rhythm and and all that stuff that's going on. And, and, and this week in particular, I think, even though it was less, it, it felt like every single one of them was critical. So we got to get that cleaned up. I mean, the John Runyon thing was kind of fluky. Um, again, it, it's a new emphasis that has never been enforced ever. Runyon didn't know it was a thing. He got penalized and the refs called the wrong guy, so he didn't think he did anything wrong, so he did it again and got penalized again. I mean, I, I feel like the refs are 100% culpable on that. The Packers also may be, if there's if there's any penalty that is going to be enforced and looked at, that needs to be conveyed to the players, and you need to start practicing. Like, look, you guys line up over the ball on these. They're going to be watching real close. We can't lose a fourth and one because you're lined up wrong, so we got to get you back. We got to get you into the habit of doing something different and learn how to do it from this position instead of that position. You pass that off to your offensive line coach. You're like, look, this is an emphasis. Put them in the right spot. Make sure they know what they're doing. Make sure they can still execute it from the new position. I mean, this is what you need to do. Anytime they're talking emphasis, get get in front of it. I don't know if this is disseminated to the coaches or if it was just something amongst the uh, the league. I have no idea. But anyways. Hey, Ryan. Uh, just calling in with my thoughts on the game. Um, I know it's the Rams and they... They suck, and you know, backup quarterback. Um, and it was still frustrating because we won twenty to three, and it felt like we should have won forty to three. Um, you know, we left a lot out there. We had the two fumbles, um, and the first half I know wasn't great for Love. He had that touchdown to uh, Watson again, underthrew it by ten yards, so we didn't get the touchdown. Um, and I, I still, I think it was his best game of the year. I think the second half was very clean. Yep. I, I finally saw him hitting receivers in stride. Um, and I, I, like I said, I know it's the Rams. I'm not, but um, I just think this is what we needed. We needed a win, and we needed Jordan Love to get some confidence and to, you know, be able to put some good play on the field to, to grow his confidence. And I don't care who the, the opponent was, you know, but at this point, I feel like we saw a little growth. I thought the play calling was great. I don't think it's really been bad all year. I just think the execution's been bad, but, you know, some of them creative play calls went very well. And then Aaron Jones is just huge. I mean, you could say one player doesn't make the offense, but, I mean, when he gets the ball, and I, I just don't know how he finds the seams he does to get those extra yards. You know, like a lot of the times we gave it to Aaron Jones, 
it would end up being second and four, whereas if Dylan had the same run, he'd probably be second and seven. You know, and that's, that's just a big difference in how you call the game. Um, and I actually think Dylan played very well in this game. I think he's been good for a couple weeks now. He hasn't been tripping over himself. Um, he's still not Aaron Jones, but I think he's been good. Uh, but anyway, to my point before I run out of time here, I, I think we finally got some confidence. Jordan Love finally got to play pretty well, um, and we saw a little bit of growth. What I want to see now is to continue to build on that and to have a good game next week. Um, you know, I want I want Jordan Love to have a good game next week. I want to see, you know, the mistakes continue to be limited, you know, more on target passes. Um, if he regresses next week and he's missing everybody again and uh, we're pulling our hair out saying, what the hell is Jordan Love doing again? Uh, then that's what I'm going to be out. I'm not out yet. Um, I want to see us keep building, but if, if we regress next week in the Jordan Love department, I'm out. And uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go get a quarterback. Go back, go. Yeah, and that's something I'll do kind of later in the in the week. Uh, looking specifically at that question, which is, what is what, what do we need this week? Because you know we're not looking for a perfect performance. We're obviously looking for a win, et cetera, et cetera. But for example, the offensive line, it's it's basically, can you do that again? I mean, obviously, we want Runyon to pass block better, or whatever. But but just stabilize a little bit, you know. Don't don't fall off a cliff. Don't you know? Stay at the level where you're good pass blockers and you're average run blockers. Give me that 65 run blocking and the 75 pass blocking. Just show me consistency. You know the the fact that it was pass and run blocking that that kind of was good. That's that's great. Do do it again. Do it again. Right, Jordan. Like. You could even be less good, but just give me the first half too, right? G- give me 85% of what you did in the second half and spread it over four quarters. That's what I want. It's not just the upside. I need four quarters. Come out quarter one and just 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 do it, you know? Um you know, again, we we can go position by position. I'm not going to do it right now. But, you know, there is just sort of a question of what is that next step this week? And, and really, honestly, a lot of it is stabilize. Obviously, I want to see growth. I want to see Wyatt, you know, play a little bit better. I don't necessarily expect Carrington Valentine to stay where he is, but just don't fall off a cliff. Don't have us just come back here after that game and go, well, I guess it was just the Rams because that team sucks stabilize just do it again good morning mr ryan hey uncle rico here what's up man how's it going i'm good packers won the world is right everything is right in the world today buddy hey just wanted to voice my opinion on the the people who think we should lose games on purpose tank games to get draft picks high draft picks that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You show me the guarantee that comes with this high draft pick, any draft pick for that matter, but you're going to lose games on purpose to move up in the draft so you can pick a certain person, a certain guy. There's no guarantee the guy's going to be good. There's no guarantees he's even going to play one down in the NFL. No guarantees. Don't these people see what happens every year? People get all jacked up, and these draft picks, they, I mean, it's exciting. It's cool when you get a high draft pick, but show me the guarantee that comes with it. 
Hola. Uncle Rico out. Go back, go. Yeah, and, and, the, and the best way I can think to kind of articulate what you're saying is how many players do we have to lose to get that one player? And by lose, I just mean they have to be bad. I mean, do we want Jordan Love and Christian Watson and Josh Myers and Zach Tom and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and Jaden Reed? Do we want them all? Should we sacrifice all of them? And it, it may be the case anyways, but as far as rooting for them to be bad, because if you're going to get the number one pick, they can't be good. And some of them can, but most of them cannot, especially Jordan. So we're kind of willing to sacrifice all of our coaches, most of our players, our star players. They can't be stars. You can't have a star Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander and lose every single game for the rest of the season. I mean, the offense could probably pull off being bad enough that it doesn't matter, but you know what I mean? So it's like we're, we're giving up multiple superstars, sacrificing them, hoping that they essentially fail so that we can maybe get one one in the draft. Maybe two, because that top second round guy, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, you get the rest of the draft. But do, you, do we want to sacrifice that? Or should we just keep the guys we have hope and pray that they end up being really good football players and then get a mid-round pick, which isn't a bad thing. Jair was a mid-round pick. Rashawn was a mid-round pick. Watson was a second-round pick. Elton Jenkins was a second-round pick. Uh, David Bakhtiari was a fourth-round pick. Zach Tom was a fourth-round pick. Wyatt was a late first. Quay was a late first. Preston, what was Preston? Is he second round? Yeah, he was a second-round pick. Valentine was a seventh-round pick. Almost all the superstars we've ever had have been at best mid-first-round picks. Clay Matthews was a late first. Aaron Rodgers was a mid-first. Mid-ish, late-ish, actually. Kind of just late. Um, So I'm rooting for Jordan and Christian and Jaden and Luke and Zach. I'm rooting for those guys to be superstars. And then we'll we'll figure out the rest. And if you know what, if Jordan isn't the guy and we get a mid-round pick, that makes it tough. It really does. And there is there is a, a part where it's like, if Jordan isn't the guy, nothing matters but getting quarterbacks to go up and get the quarterback. And maybe we can do that with trades. But I don't want to sacrifice our entire team and all of our coaches and our locker room to go up and get somebody that is maybe a 40% chance of being a superstar. And probably not even. 20%. And by superstar, I mean, you know, let's just call him top five-ish quarterback. He's in that realm. I mean, how many have there been the last few years? Maybe Stroud gets there? Maybe? So that's that's essentially kind of how I've come to it. Because I am a very much a, man, I would, we, we just need to get up there. I want to get the early picks. I want to whatever. But that that kind of is where I'm at right now. Because you see how it looks when you trend down that path and suddenly everybody's bad, everybody's got to go and everybody's got to be replaced and that one pick isn't going to fix it. On the other hand, if you trend the other way and everybody's really good, now we're just adding pieces. A mid-round pick has a big impact on an already good team. So go be a good team. And some guys are not and they're going to have to be replaced, whatever. But the more guys that we can get that are good, the better. Because those are basically picks. Those are picks that we already made that we need to hit. And if they hit, we get a later pick. It is what it is. But I'm I'm voting on uh, good team. Anyways, I'm gonna leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.